Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? Or in the case of today, we're interviewing who? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and my guests today are director Andrew Ahn and screenwriter and star of Fire Island, Joel Kim Booster. Fire Island is essentially a modern gay take on Pride and Prejudice. It's out streaming now on Hulu. We do briefly allude to something that does happen in the plot. One, if you've seen Pride and Prejudice, you generally know the framework of the film, but there are some specifics that do get talked about briefly. So if you are sensitive to that type of stuff, watch the movie first, which I recommend you do anyway and then come back to this episode. Also, you'll notice that there were some mild technical difficulties. Their audio sounds crisp and clear, so you'll be able to hear their answers, but mine, unfortunately, had some problems. So thank you for your understanding with it, and without further ado, here's we're interviewing who? Can we start with, what was the most logistically challenging scene? Oh, <laughs> the rain. Oh the my god, rain. the rain. Absolutely the yeah. rain. Oh the my rain god. fight, which, you know, we really wanted because... It's a rom-com, you know, staple. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like you need the rain for people to like be honest with each other. And Searchlight even told us like the rain's expensive, and we were like, no, we want it. Um, but it was so cold, freezing cold. And in fact, they would rush us. Like they would like, cover us in these like FEMA disaster blankets, rush us into a warming van in between takes and at one point the medic came and took my temperature and they were he was like well we have to take a break because your temperature is so low it's not even registering on the ther thermometer yeah, um, yeah. and yeah. um so yeah we cut some setups um from that uh from that night it was a, it was an overnight too so it was like 3 a.m mm -hmm. and it was just yeah i it looks amazing and so i'm very happy about that but also falling into the mud getting cleaned up from the mud and then falling into the mud again it was um one of the most traumatic <laughs> shooting experiences i've ever had. i mean it was like it was so cold like we basically did like Every setup, we only did two takes, and it's a true testament to how good Joel is and how good Conrad is. That like the performances are amazing, but yeah, the the falling into the mud. Like at one point, uh, Joel's hands kind of slipped out from under him, and his face went all the way in. <laughs> and, so, and they're supposed to like almost kiss in that moment, and we had to cut because it just didn't make any sense. Continuity, yeah, yeah. it was just a disaster, <laughs> but um, I, it was worth it in the end. What about emotionally challenging? To get right? Um, probably the fight between Bone and I in the bathroom. Um, that was like the third day of shooting and the first scene of the third day too. And so it was a, it's, it was definitely for both of us, I think, the most intense emotional like scene to, to do. And it was, you know, one of the hardest ones to write and to get right. And we were in a very teeny tiny bathroom with just us and, and one camera and, um, it was it was a challenge, but I, I you know it was really and we and we also like were rewriting a little bit too that um, in that scene. So we were really figuring it out. You know, it was the early days of the process, and so we were just finding our footing, and it was great. Uh, it ended up being really wonderful, and it's my, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, it's such an important moment for them as friends, where like it's a real come to Jesus, you know, and and I think. Uh, it's tricky when it's so early in the shoot to kind of get plugged into that headspace. But, um, you know, like Joel and Bowen, I think because, you know, they, they understood the characters so well because of, you know, just their comfort and generosity with each other. Like that scene, you know, you can tell it's, it's a fight between two people who really love each other and that's why they're fighting so much. 
so you do a great job concisely explaining the movie and sort of like the intro, what Fire Island is, but to people who don't understand what like the culture of Fire Island is and obviously explore it through the movie, what do you tell them? Like, what is Fire Island to you? <laughs> like, what's the elevator pitch of Fire Island to you? I mean, for me, it is... You know, I don't think queer people realize how much weight they carry around navigating a heterosexual society every day. And I think the the draw and the appeal is not only the beauty of the island, but it is like being able to sort of have that weight lifted for a week. You know, suddenly you can be free in a way that you, you know, only experience in, in bursts um, in the real world. You know, and so in that way it is, you know, I call it gay Disneyland in the movie, but it, it really is. It, it is that. And the, the history of the island to what it means to the community, it's tangible. You feel that when you're, when you step foot there. And so, you know, there is the toxicity that, you know, we explore in the movie, but I think that if we cede that island to the toxicity, we've lost something really beautiful. Speaking of representation, what a treat to see so much Asian representation <laughs> and queer Asian representation in one movie. I was like, this is the one we get. And if so, that'd be great. But um, <laughs> my question is, have you ever felt represented on screen, aside from work that you may have been in yourself? I mean, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, Fire Island is is not the first and, and uh, you know, will, you know, continue to, I hope, you know, a, a legacy of queer Asian, Asian American film. You know, uh, like Joel and I both really love The Wedding Banquet. You know, uh, Alice Wu's saving face is so important. Happy together. Happy together. You know, like the, it, it, it's out there. I understand that it, it's not as accessible to everyone because they might not have, um, you know, a, a theater that does like cool rep programming or they just might not know where to look on the internet. Um, and so I'm really happy that a movie like Fire Island has the, the kind of accessibility that it does. And I hope that, you know, people see this and like look at like my past work, like look at people that we reference in our, you know, conversations about Fire Island. Um, and then we hope that it inspires, you know, future work that people watch this and they're like, oh, like I can make my own Fire Island and, and that, you know, it'll get the, the kind of platform and opportunity that our film has. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. I, I mean, for me, it's Margaret Cho. You know, and, and that's why this, this was so incredible working with her. I mean, All American Girl was really transformative for me as a child to see that on TV, to see a, an Asian American family, um, who were not the butt of the joke, you know, and I think that she really opened my eyes to what was possible for me as an Asian American in this industry. You know, I don't know if I would be doing this now if it weren't for Margaret Cho. So, um, yeah, she was hugely. Um, representative. Amazing. And so awesome. I love her. Yeah. Just shifting gears a little bit. What was the biggest change from the first iteration of the script that you wrote to the one we saw on screen? Wow. You, there is a bet. There is a structure of the first iteration that came. It was a network note um, from the original studio, Quibi. And um, it was uh, basically like they were competing to see who could get laid first on the island. And it was very much like they wanted it to feel, they wanted a, an, an added sort of structure to like the stakes of getting laid. Whereas, you know, now I think it is very much like the stakes of getting laid feel very high when you're on Fire Island anyways. It doesn't need a competition. It doesn't need a bet. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, I think the movie would have been 
fine just back then as well, but I, I think it's better for it now, some of the changes that we had. And also one of the biggest changes is um, Bowen didn't sing in the first draft of this movie. And I'm so glad that we, that, that came as like a network note, I think, um, from Searchlight, is that they wanted it, that scene to be different and more active for the characters. And um, I'm so glad that they, they did because you know it gave me the idea for this, and Bowen was the one who wanted to sing sometimes, and so you know it. I think it is such. It's my one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Was the process of coming up with the I call it the Wickham level scandal. <laughs> was it always going to be revenge porn? Were there explorations of like more extreme things, less extreme things? Yeah, I think like it's difficult. It that was the most difficult thing to adapt. You know, like what is the scandal equivalent to modern day? you know, gay culture. And for me, you know, like as someone who has had their nudes leaked online, uh, you know, uh, a couple times now, um, it does feel extremely violating. And it does, you know, and I think like issues of consent in our community are, 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 are not often touched on, especially like enthusiastic consent. And so um, I always wanted to explore those two issues. And it was a very fine line, you know, because it is comedy still. And I didn't want to seem like I was making light of anything. And so I think, you know, Matt Rogers does such an amazing job in um, the movie of, you know, playing both, like, the Lydia of it all and being goofy and silly and over the top, but also playing, like, the realism of, like, you know, um, somebody who's been, who's who's experienced that kind of trauma and also who, like, I think the line is, it's like, I don't want him to be mad at me. And I think that is like such a real response that, you know, I, I know friends who have experienced that kind of, in that gray area of consent when they're too fucked up to consent. And it's like, they don't want to make waves. You don't want to make waves. And it's, um, it's really hard and, and sad. And, you know, I wanted to be able to capture all of those different sides of things. Yeah, and the realness of being like a victim slash survivor of a scenario like that, where it's just like, it's not your fault, but, yeah. but taking the, you know, internalizing yeah. something that mm -hmm. I think definitely came across. Um, important question. 1995 BBC adaptation, that is really hard to say right now, or a 2005 film adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. I think we split on this. We split, really? yeah. I, I am a lover of the BBC adaptation. I have been since I was a little boy. Uh, I used to watch it with my mom like at least once a year. Um, and it really is like the basis of like my love for Jane Austen. And I love the Joe Wright version too, but you know, it's always going to be, I'm, I'm always going to need all six hours of the story. <laughs> I, I, I love the Joe Wright version. I think that moment when Darcy helps Lizzie into the carriage and the hand, you know, there's just so many lovely kind of indelible moments and images in that film. Um, I it, watch it constantly. It's it's a, a real kind of um, comfort film for me. Yeah. All right. Growing up, who were your favorite fictional heroes or heroines? Not necessarily like superheroes, but just protagonists or antagonists. Hmm. I mean, I'll, my favorite was from the time, and this is serious, of when I was like a little boy was Julia Roberts and my best friend's wedding. <laughs> I had never seen, I had been, I am someone who like grew up watching rom-coms. Like we were, like my sister was a huge rom-com head and she introduced me to so many. I, I worshiped at the altar of Nora Ephron, you know. And so I was used to, you know, by, by you know, a pretty young age, I was used to a lot of the like tropes and things like that. And seeing my best friend's wedding and seeing Julia Roberts be the protagonist, but also be the villain of that movie was so like 
I, I mean, it's a testament to how likable she is and like charismatic she is as an actress. But I remember watching that movie and just like my jaw, like being on the floor that like, oh my God, she doesn't get the guy. And she's like doing all these like pretty evil things. And like, it's such a, she's such a complicated character. And, uh, it's still, I even think to this day, it's rare to see a, a, a character that complicated in a rom-com. So I really, yeah, loved her. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, it, it might be kind of silly, but like, I loved Jackie Chan films as a kid, you know, and I like read his autobiography, which I don't think he actually wrote himself. But, <laughs> but there's also a second part, did you know? What do you there's, mean? There's another one that came out recently. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh my God. I will go, I will go out and buy it. But, um, but yeah, like I remember, um, I, I loved like the rush hours, you know, and Shanghai um, noon. Shanghai noon. <laughs> You know, and then I saw the older stuff like Legend of Drunken Master. And then I remember like once, um, I was like super sick. Um, and my brother was like, let's go watch the new Jackie Chan movie. It was first strike and I had so much fun. And then as soon as we left the theater, I like puked. And I think it was, I think it was, it was that like the movie distracted me so well from like feeling bad, you know? Um, and so yeah, like there's just something about, um, yeah, I mean, like seeing a, an Asian person, and yeah, exactly, and who was like funny and badass, and you know, like just very cool. Yeah, and also like he had he had a superpower in that he could kick everyone's ass, yeah. and so like you know, when you come from a minority, you at least you know can excite. I can talk about that part of it all day. How do you define personal success now, and how has that changed from earlier in your life or career? Um, you know, I think. For me, uh, I've been thinking a lot about kind of what's my ability, you know, um, my bandwidth as like a filmmaker, as a, you know, as a creative. And, you know, I know that, uh, there are only so many things that, um, uh, like I can say. There are only so many films I could make in my life. Um, and so I think that, uh, just thinking about my own specific successes feels kind of um, silly. Like my hope is that um, I can inspire um, other filmmakers. I can, you know, uh, support other filmmakers, um, so that all together we can create uh, a more, you know, diverse cinema culture um, that is representative of, you know, our communities. You know, that to me feels like success. Like it's not just my own. It's like everybody you know, working together. Yeah, I think for me, I, like um, most kids who wanted to enter into this industry, I wanted to be famous. You know, I wanted to be a star. And I have definitely, it has changed a lot for me in the last several years. And I think like, you know, last night here at the, the SF screening, there were so many gay Asian men, queer Asian men and women who came up to me and were like, this movie meant a lot to me. And it's like, I don't necessarily care about reaching all of America. I care about reaching those people and that that was really impactful for me and you know it's 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 actually quite scary to have any sort of like to be perceived, you know, it's it's by strangers all the time and um you know I've seen it, you know, play out with Bowen on a much larger scale than it has for me even and so um it's I, I definitely don't need to be famous and it, uh I just want to be able to reach my community and, and speak to my community. Well, thank you both so much. Congrats on the film. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
A huge thank you to Andrew Ahn and Joel Kim Booster. Fire Island is out streaming now on Hulu. And if you like this episode, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.